everybody, and welcome back to a new episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast, episode 25, coming at you live on Tuesday, December 12th, 2017, two days before the Star Wars Last Jedi premiere. As always, I am AJ, sitting here with Frank. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, dude. How's your week been? You know, for it only to be Tuesday, it kind of feels long, um, but but successful. And I'm excited that Star Wars is this week. My wife's birthday is this week. There's a lot to to be excited about. Holiday parties a, a, a muck, just like every day. There's a, some sort of party going on. And last week we had a cookie competition at work. I didn't win, but I made cookies and they were delicious. So that was fun. But uh, did, you, did you make cookies or did Carol make cookies? Oh, I totally made cookies. <laughs> Dude, they're they're the they're her recipe, but I I've adopted them and I've been making them for the past several years. So I was like, I, if I've been making cool. them, I should just make them for this competition, and it was it was fun. So uh, yeah, I like cookies. <laughs> I like cookies too, dude. Um, yeah. that's awesome. Okay, so how, dude, the the marketing saturation of Last Jedi in New York on the sub on the subways and like in the taxis and on the street, like, it's just crazy. Yeah. Like what, like I, for me, like, I know we were talking about this off mic, but, uh, for me, like, I don't know how much more excited I could get. Like I'm peaking. I'm as excited as I could possibly be. Like I'm ready to see the movie. I'm ready to have my questions answered. I'm ready to know what's going to happen. It's amazing that it's sitting at, I think like 96% on rotten tomatoes yeah. right now. That's currently the highest rated star Wars movie. Which is crazy. That's nuts. Uh, that's nuts. It's also the longest Star Wars movie, two and a half hours. It's a full Lord of the Rings. So I'm listen. I'm really excited. I gotta say, a lot of that excitement also comes from really the uh, Battlefront Two. The campaign is just awesome. It's so super fun. Iden Versio is the character. Mm-hmm. She's a flipped um, special forces Imperial officer. And the stuff that they do and the way that they're weaving the story together is really, really fun. Uh, the multiplayer is fantastic. I highly recommend it. I know that there's some bullshit that we don't want to give EA, the big company, you know, these loot crate, these uh, crate things that they're selling. Yeah. And the yeah. truth is, and the truth is that, like, yeah, like you can totally buy them, but I haven't had to because I've been playing the multiplayer and I've been playing uh, the campaign levels. So you get a decent you know, amount of points to accumulate, uh, you know, the special items. Um, I haven't made the purchase of all the deluxe things yet. To me, that seems a little bit lame. I'm going to try a little bit harder this time. (laughs) Um, but anyway, I I really like it. So is the, that's just me though, is the campaign that's post return of the Jedi, right? The, the, so that story is canon, right? It's so it's officially canon is what Mikey has been saying that okay. this, this that this story is actually canon, which is cool. Mikey is uh, my brother, Michael Sherman, if he's listening. Hello. hello. Um, uh, the yeah, I love this game. It's super it's super, super fun. Um, yeah, I'm excited for Last Jedi. We're going to cover it in full detail with the most spoilers. I'm sure we can go for a good long time that we now get a full saga movie to review. Yeah, man. Um, crazy what do you think frank yeah i mean it's it's nuts pretty much every ad on tv is somehow tied into the last jedi whether it's an actual uh trailer tv spot for the movie or it's a tie-in 
with some random car company, some other, uh, you know, Taco Bell, something or other. Like, it basically, it's like all of a sudden you just constantly are hearing the Star Wars music play. It's just like, what is happening? It's constant. It's, it's constant. so much. Um, and then I think, aren't we getting Han Solo in six months? We are. That's still that's, that's still on the docket, and it's crazy that, I mean, it makes sense that we don't have a trailer yet, but, uh, you know, that's so soon. And I, I remember when we talked about the changings of the director that I was surprised that it hadn't got pushed, but obviously it's still still happening in May, um, which is the soonest we've had uh, two Star Wars movies back to back ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's impossible to match the hype level of force awakens i mean save for probably the way everyone felt went right before phantom menace because you know that was an even longer sure. gap in between star wars movies um and they were they weren't tainted yet really um and so like force awakens it was just it was huge in so many ways and i and i was saying this to megan and like this is a comparison that was probably only relevant to me but um, I, maybe there are some other people that have it as well. It's like I was so hyped up for the Nintendo Switch and Zelda launching at the same time, and I liken that to, to Force Awakens. And then it's like, well, when the new Mario Odyssey game came out, I'm like, I'm so excited about it, but like it still feels like something's missing. It's just like that extra hype level that has been building and building and building forever. So it's like that's what's missing for me on the side of the Last Jedi, and I think also a little bit because I've I've taken a step back from like diving super deep into every little like you know article about yeah. it like not not necessarily i never was like a really spoiler driven um content like getter i just wanted to to feel like informed about what was coming like i never felt that i got spoiled on some of the movies but even so like i don't think i've seen every trailer or tv spot i haven't read like a lot of interviews or anything like that so i i feel really really fresh going into this movie and i can only I, like I'm excited about it, but I think it's going to exceed my expectations at this point because I haven't been building myself up. I think that's I think that's kind of true for everybody here, and I think we're all going to be really pleasantly surprised. And like I think that that's nice, and I'm excited to experience that. I think the pressure after this movie, because like I know that it's not released yet, I know that we haven't seen it yet, but 96% on Rotten Tomatoes the kind of money this movie has already made, like it's how is like the way that the, this movie is being marketed, Carrie Fisher, like there's so much yeah. of this movie that's like specific to now that like, I think JJ is, is setting himself up for like a, a kind of a hard sell here in yeah. that, you know, people kind of like the one-off nature of empire strikes back. And I think that if, Last Jedi is as good. It may have that kind of rewatchability where you go back and you're like, oh, I like this one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that 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 could be kind of cool. Whereas the the capper of a trilogy is a hard move to make. Uh, the Marvel knows that. And, it, you know, they know that so well that, you know, they've kind of looked at it as like Star Trek that like, you know, in, in you know, episode three, you know, uh, the, the search for Spock of Star Trek. Um, you know, they blow up the Enterprise, you know? Mm. So that's why Feige has said, like, in all the third acts of the Marvel characters, we're going to destroy some major fundamental part of their characters. Yeah. You know, Thor, Asgard, and Mjolnir, Cap, the Avengers, but also his shield, yep. uh, Iron, Iron Man, Man, his suits. suits, 
Like, you know, like they're looking for this kind of like theme of, uh, you know, what it means to do an end cap. So I think that the stakes are going to be, I know that we haven't see, even seen this movie yet, but the stakes are raised for JJ. And I think that he better be up to the task. <laughs> Cause yeah. like, He's got he's got a big big check to write yeah, and man. it's got to work. Well, and like fucking like Mark Mark Hamill is all over this movie. It's like they're they're really leaning into him, which is really awesome because it, he was not really in Force Awakens at all. So it's like I'm really excited to see his take on it. And, you know, we've only seen a little clip here and there from the trailers of like what he's gonna be like all this time later. And it, it's it's crazy to me that it's like oh yeah, the last movie had Han Solo in it. Like. It, it's almost like an afterthought now. It's crazy that, you know, we said goodbye to such a beloved character, but we're well, moving forward, right? Right, but I don't know if I also agree with, and this is going to be our last bit on this, I don't know if I also agree with Mark Hamill's rewrite of Force Awakens. Mark Hamill believed and said to J.J. that he thinks the true ending of Force Awakens should have been that Luke comes back, like, just after they kill Han Solo to fight Kylo Ren. He even thought... Uh, that when Ray goes to move the lightsaber, that it was going to be him who catches it the first time when he read it. Right. So I think that his kind of conception of how the story went is very different from how they per they perceived him and how others have perceived him. Yeah. And I think that Mark Hamill is a is a seasoned enough actor at this point in his career that he really does take direction really really well. And like, see what he did with the Joker. Like, someone's like, "Go be the Joker," and he's like, "Oh, okay." And yeah. he went and figured it out, and he's probably the best one. Yeah. And now, like, someone said, okay, you're Luke Skywalker, but it's it's way different now. And he was like, you know, I love it, and I'm happy to sell this movie for you because I'm proud of it, and I'm proud of what it does for the legacy. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's it'll be interesting because, yes, the him showing up at the end of Force Awakens would be the expected thing to have um, for that to, to be different now. I'm I'm all for it to see you know, a different direction for what they can do with Luke because there's so much story that wasn't told in between. Hey guys, Frank here. Sorry about the audio issues right there, uh, but we're going to pick it right back up where we left off and talk about some of the most recent movie trailers we've seen, including uh, Avengers Infinity War, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and the Spider-Man animated feature Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, stay tuned for that and much, much more. Thanks. Some brand new trailers for some big movies. Oh, yeah. um, so uh, I think the first one we're going to touch upon kind of quickly is uh, Jurassic World. Yeah. The Fallen Kingdom. Uh, what'd you think? So, yeah, I actually like just watched that one earlier today. I think it came out a couple days ago. And I, I liked some of the, the way they teased it, you know, a few days before. That seems to be the thing they do now. Yes. <laughs> They're trailers for trailers. Um it was cool. Um, I really enjoyed Jurassic World, the first one. Um, it kind of went back to some of its roots, um, and like getting a little snip of Goldblum in, in this movie was kind of cool. I'm just a little unsure about the plot. It seems a little odd to me that you know they they're going back to rescue dinosaurs and you know put Chris Pratt and uh, uh, Ron Howard's daughter in danger again <laughs> like it's a the kids aren't the same so there's just a little bit like that was always something with the jurassic park franchise that there wasn't always like that continuity of characters from movie to movie and it's like it seems like that's happening again not that i absolutely love the kids by any means but it's just like okay 
the main characters here are the dinosaurs and you're supposed to care the most about them. And um, I think that's that's interesting. It's, you know, especially like since they're danger in danger from a natural disaster. But it's like, where are they going to put them? So I guess that's, <laughs> I, like that's that's kind of a like are they just gonna put them on, on another island that doesn't blow up and but how are they not gonna like all die? I just just it seems kind of ridiculous to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna submit that you gave the best review of that trailer that was ever given <laughs> and say that I, I'm just gonna be buying my tickets. I know I'm going, so oh, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Um. Okay. In other trailers. Uh, there's one that was a little bit more anticipated we've been talking about on the uh, podcast for a little while. And we now get to play a new game uh, on the podcast for the first time. Um, it's going to be called uh, Guess the Views. Guess the Views. So Guess the Views. Frank, it's been a week since the Marvel Avengers Infinity War trailer came out. Guess how many views the Marvel Avengers Infinity War trailer has gotten. Okay, so we could play prices right rules. Yeah, I've got like no frame of reference here. Like, because uh, I'm just throw, not, a num- just throw a number out there. You know, and I'm, I'm let's, not, let's see what you do. Like, I don't know. And this may be totally way too high, totally way too low. Like 150 million. Is that like ridiculous? <laughs> <sighs> well, yeah. It may it may be ridiculous, it may be ridiculous, but then you're gonna hear what I'm gonna tell you, and <laughs> you're gonna be like, oh no, not really ridiculous at all. Okay. So the trailer currently has um, less than what you had. Uh, well, it's not less. I don't know. Fewer. Is it less. It's fewer. No, it's few, it's fewer. So it's ninety nine million. Okay. Four hundred and thirty thousand six hundred and sixty five views. So it's it's just under a uh, hundred million. So I mean, I was in the ballpark by a bit. You were pretty, you were pretty good. You like, were you were over though. I was way over, but like I could have. It's not like a trillion views or something. Oh like shit! Something ridiculous Cine- like that. No, no, no. Wait, Cinema Sins just came out with their uh, everything wrong with Rogue One: A Star Wars Story. Well, there's a free ad for them. Oh, I'm go watch that after this. <laughs> I love I love those videos. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So just under 100 million views. I thought it was 99. Uh, I thought it was almost a billion. So I was uh, really dumb. Okay. All right. So there's a few beats of this that I, I think we're just gonna uh, poke on for a second, and we're gonna poke around here and just kind of you know say what we like. You know, obviously, I don't think that there are major spoilers in this trailer. I just think that this is a well designed. Marvel uh, piece of marketing material that has been refined down from what was probably shown at Comic-Con. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, let's just get right into it. Um, So Vision in his human form. um, I think this could be one of two things. I think it could be either uh, post-Infinity Stone removal and, like, he has this, like, scar thing that, like, Doctor Strange is able to, like, kind of make him, you know... uh, you know, into human forms that we keep Jarvis or keep uh, Vision. Or it could be like uh, Vision's, like another form that Vision can kind of shape shift into. We've seen him have limited shape-shifting abilities uh, in the movie, so would stand to reason that he could do that there. Yeah. My, my other third theory um, is that Scarlet Witch 
has kind of reality changing powers and it kind of speaks a little bit to like the house of M storyline in the comics that it's kind of like her projecting what could possibly be either a future or a different reality that would be a happy ending for them um as like he's kind of a human because he still has the mind stone on his head and so like yes you're right so all right um moving on because we're like we said we're poking around we got stuff to do uh the Spidey Sense, I think that's totally retconned. I don't think that they wanted to really have Spidey Sense in yeah. the new Spider-Man. I think that they kind of want to take a, a kind of a move away from that because it's been kind of done to death in the older movies. But I think that it's fine that they include it in there for the fans. Like, great, he has it. Does it look like it's, you know, as useful as it used to be? No, <laughs> but <laughs> he's got it. Yeah. I don't know. And it, to me, it's like, I, I hope it's not something like... Because the way it's portrayed in the trailer is like, oh, Thanos is here, and then he's got the Spidey sense. It's like, really? That's that's what yeah, your Spidey. Yeah. It's it's catching that. It's like it that's should be a, like that's catching a pretty the bus. Big, that's a pretty big one. <laughs> it's a pretty big one. Like I would hope it would be going off for that, and like it hasn't gone off for like when someone's about to get hit by a bus. Like seriously. Yeah. Oh um, my god. So okay. So we'll 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 let that one go. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So. I want to talk about this for a minute. This is like a problem I kind of have with the Marvel movies right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that this could like, it's not a bad thing, but I wish that they would kind of play with it a little more. I think Marvel plays with the voices of their characters a little too safe. Mm -hmm. And I think that they could have modulated or add more effects to Josh Brolin for Thanos. And I know that they haven't really done that so far in like guardians or, you know, in the, in the post credit scene for age of Ultron. But Really, to me, like, I think Thanos should sound a little bit scarier than Josh Brolin. And to mm-hmm. me, like, as cool and awesome as Josh Brolin is now, he's still Mike's older brother from the Goonies to me. So you got to do something. I hope that they, like, affect, like, they could have a Bane-like voice for Thanos or something like that, mm. and it would sound pretty cool. And on a similar note, I don't know if I love the Mark Ruffalo Hulk voice. And like I'm, I've seen this trailer a few times, and I'm listening to it, and I'm like, wow, you know, it's not like uh, as, you know, it's not as uh, impactful as the Lou Ferrigno grunts that they had for the first few few movies. Right. So I don't know. That's just a weird thing. I I think with Thanos, you kind of run the risk of, uh, for lack of a better word, dehumanizing it, because like one of the complaints that we had, obviously, with justice league recently was like when you've got a cgi character and you're relying so heavily on the voice like you want to be able to connect to that actor and that character as much as you can and if you start to modulate the voice and you're it's just a cgi character i feel like it could be less uh believable no Um, you have a great point so so i think there's a balance there but like I, i would hope at least in the theater if it's not necessarily modulated maybe at least it's just incredibly booming or something that they just yeah. turn up the bass or whatever. Um, uh, three seconds later, uh, there's a whole bunch of dead people on the ground. Mm-hmm. I think those are Asgardians. Agree, yeah. not agree? I uh, I saw something that it, it could... Well, maybe we're thinking of two different moments, but there was something that looked a lot like the Sanct... Not the Sanctum. Uh, wherever Doctor Strange The Sanctum Santoro. Well, like in, in, in the... In the the east, wherever he studied oh, originally. Oh, the original one. Yeah, yeah. Because well, okay. they're all like in that sort of garb. So, 
either okay, that sure. or there could be on another planet. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, moving forward a little bit further, about 20 seconds, the cap reveal. I think Chris Evans looks great. I think this is kind of the cap he always wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool that he's really, you know, going in full throttle. Uh, he, he looks he looks awesome. Um, okay, uh, Thanos' armor. Yeah. So did you see the blurb from the Russos about this? Yeah, I did. Basically that since he's gathering infinity stones, he doesn't need the armor because he's powerful. Which right. Is valid. <laughs> well, they also called it like a it's a spiritual journey for him. Okay. I want to be brought <laughs> along that journey. Yeah, uh, what like, journey I, is this and why haven't we been along it all so far? Well, I just think that like this movie one of the things that I think Avengers Infinity War could really suffer from is a uh, Fellowship of the Ring syndrome where you have a 10-minute exposition sequence of like explaining who Thanos is. But we know Marvel, and Marvel doesn't do that. Yeah. So like, but then also, how do you really understand Thanos is he, if he isn't really given context? Yeah. I know we've kind of talked about him as this looming character, but... He also he's looming and he's not. Yeah. Like, do we like why is he the Mad Titan? Does anyone, does any you know eight year old kid know? No, probably not. So, I, I hope that they do exposition for Thanos, but that you know we don't have, you know, <laughs> there were nine realms and in the right. nine realms, so yeah. five kings got five rings. You know. Well, and I think I think they've already done a little bit better of a job of with characterization. I mean, that was one thing that. I always complained about in the Lord of the Rings films is that like the villain just, yeah, yeah he's bad, but you don't really understand anything he's just about an, the character. He's, he's just, just an embodiment of evil. Exactly. He's not, he doesn't have any personality. He's exactly. just evil incarnate. Yeah. And so I think with Thanos, they've already, there are a couple steps ahead of that, but it would be really great to have a really good story arc for him in this movie. And in the next movie, because so far, like we've gotten little beats here and there, but we don't really, really understand what motivates him and what what like his fears are and his strengths and weaknesses are and like i think you know a couple episodes ago when we talked about maybe Kate Blanchett's teller comes back into the picture like that would be really interesting and to see like a dynamic there because you know so i also so when i when i went to go see thor ragnarok again with zb i did notice there's a green poof when uh, Surtur smashes the thing into her. That's so either a confirmed. good thing or a bad thing, I guess. <laughs> confirmed. Poof. Poof. Um, um, so, okay. Yeah. Uh, moving a little, a little bit further along in the trailer, uh, this badass new Hulkbuster suit. Yeah. Um, who's in the Hulkbuster? I think it's Tony. I mean, like... But is it Tony or is it Mark? Is it Bruce Banner after he's been separated from the Hulk? Uh, no, I I think it's Tony. I mean, okay, yeah, I I think, well, like I don't know if this is something that we skip past or not, but I think it is interesting that we do see Mark Ruffalo in this movie because when we were speculating before, we um, we thought, oh, maybe we don't see 
uh, Ruffalo at all, and it's going to be all Hulk in these next two movies. But obviously, that's not the case. So, well, people are saying that um, Hulk kind of plays the role of like the Silver Surfer in the original Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Okay, that like Silver Surfer crashes through. It's either the Baxter Building or the Sanctum Santorum, and like crashes through and is like, "He's coming. We got to prepare. We got to get ready." And he's like the first guy. So th- theoretically, okay. it could be that like Thor and Hulk fight Thanos. Thanos is uh, Thanos beats the shit out of uh, Thor of them, and yeah. Hulk. Yeah. Kills Loki. Ooh. Doesn't need Loki around anymore. And then you know Hulk is punched back to you know Earth. <laughs> Thor is punched into outer space and runs into and, the guardians yeah yeah and runs into the guard we'll get there at some point and then um okay uh at 138 you see tony crying and this is after the shot of the spidey slam now some people are already saying that we could lose the uh latest spider-man actor tom holland it's portrayal of peter parker in this movie i think that that's way too early oh way too early um uh i well, don't think well, I know, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. But I, so when you see him get slammed, you see him squirm. He doesn't like die from that movement. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, what, when you're, while you're thinking about that, think about this. If you go back and this is, I, listen, sweaties, like, this is why we're doing it. We're here to dissect the trailer for you fuckers. Um, if you go very slowly, from the moment where there's the scene where Iron Man gets up and then seems to be punched by Thanos, mm-hmm. I think those are actually two separate shots. Yeah. Where it's one shot of Iron Man or Tony Stark's Iron Man in the suit and a separate shot of one Pepper Potts ah. who is in the Iron Man armor and who dies in the first act of the film. That's a, that's certainly a possibility, and that would be a motivating factor for Tony. Um, I mean, I think anything is possible in this movie in terms of character deaths. Um, like, you know, I, I think, I don't know if we went past this or not, but I'll, I'll leave that for later. Um, but with the Infinity Stones, like, they can time travel, they can rewrite realities, they can, and, and I say they as in the, the writers of the movie, and that if Thanos has these powers or if any of our heroes have the uh, the stones in, in possession, like things can change. So yes, Spider-Man could die, but that doesn't mean he's going to be dead forever. He could be resurrected or something because he kicks off phase four. Like that movie's happening. And like, I'm hundred percent sure that Tom Holland is, is uh, tied to that movie and that they're not going to like mix something well, up with a new. Well, you're thinking about that. Think about this <laughs> at one Oh two, which we skipped over actually. When you see the shot of Tony Wong and Doctor Strange and Banner on the street, yeah, they're frozen. Tony is the only one who moves. Exactly. And in that scene, he has the uh, arc reactor in his chest. So, are you thinking what I'm thinking? T- time travel, change reality, something, something's. Different. Oh no! What? Oh no! 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 This is the latest theory that when Tony took the Tesseract to create his own arc reactor in Iron Man 2, he created the Soul Stone. And that's why Loki couldn't use the Mind Stone on the arc reactor when he touched it with the Scepter in Avengers. And that Mm. Tony is really the soul of the whole universe. 
Well, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, while you're thinking about that, think about this. Uh, you know, you got the Hulk shows up later in that cap sequence. Also, anybody can be added or removed from those, like, big hero shots. We saw that in Civil War. Yeah. So, Spider-Man could be there. He's just not shown right now. Um, what are my last few notes over here? Uh, I think if it, if the Soul Stone isn't in Tony's arc reactor, which I also think is highly unlikely. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how they would really pull that off. I think the Soul Stone could be in Wakanda. I think it's in Wakanda. I think the fact that there's so much action in Wakanda in this trailer and that we still have the Black Panther movie to come before this movie, there has to be a reason why there's such a big battle there. And it only makes sense to have... So you've, you've got the, um, the Time Stone on Earth. You have the Mind, Soul, Mind, Stone? Mind Stone on Earth. <laughs> And yeah. then the, the Soul Stone in Wakanda would be on Earth, and then the other three in space. And I think that would be an interesting way to kind of split things up, especially because at a certain moment in the trailer, you see uh, Thanos with the gauntlet and already in possession of the two two of the ones from space. The power. The power and the uh, Space Stone. Um, so really, the, I think I think either... He gets the soul stone in this movie. I think I think the last one that he's going to collect might be the reality stone. Um, it just seems like a lot of this action is going to be on Earth, and he could get possession of them all. And um, they, there could be some something interesting going on with um, the collector because he's in possession of it, and he may be having some dealings behind his back or something like that. Um, so we'll see. I mean, <laughs> it's a it's yeah. an action packed trailer. I think it. I was so excited when it dropped. Um, I like texted you immediately. I was like, "Go watch it!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, I, I think I started watching it, and I was on a train, and it, was, it like started, and then it had to buffer. I was like, "Shit, no!" It's <laughs> like I want to watch this whole thing. Um, but I've been I've been so stoked about this movie for. I mean, I think probably all of us since the end of the first Avengers, Avengers movie, and like I I'm not even. Like I'm a much bigger comic reader now than I ever was, and I didn't really even know that much about Thanos. But they've just been building up to this for so long that I think the anticipation is just so high. I think it's gonna make a shitload of money. I think it's got a lot of impact um, on the story. And that while they say it is an individual movie, I think the fact that there is another Avengers movie to come after it, it's gonna be pretty much connected completely. Um, there's probably going to be a lot of character deaths, cliffhangers, etc. Um, but I, I'm oh, excited. tons, <laughs> tons. Um, okay, so moving from that trailer, um, so there was a, there's a new Spider-Man animated movie trailer I made you watch. Yeah, uh, it has this kind of trippy realism to the animation, as well as like a big Hero Six kind of a look. I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this movie could have been titled When You Need to Make a Spider-Man, Miles Morales, But You Can't. <laughs> you know? uh, oh, so. you're, you're not wrong at all there. Um, yeah, I mean, the animation style was the first thing that struck me. Like, I was expecting something a little bit more straight out of your cartoon, like, TV show from the 90s. Like, And maybe that's just my own fault for thinking that, but... 
like yeah it it was so it had that realism to it that was very cgi that um you know almost felt a little bit like a disney animated or pixar movie at first but then it, it gets so cartoony looking towards the end um it, it just to me doesn't really feel like it's found its tone um again i, I only watched it once and I, I didn't really get a lot of that out of it um but it's it's really colorful and that's kind of cool and it, it certainly looks like nothing we've ever seen before i think it could be fun and i think it could be fun i don't think it's going to make money mm-hmm and I think that, I think that in the future, maybe after an Infinity War Part Four, Disney would do this. That yeah. Disney could do this with, you know, some really weird, obscure characters, you know. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, or even characters that we already know, like they could do, you know, kind of a Captain America story. They could do. You know, kind of a Hulk story for kids. I could kids. see like a Rocket and Groot tag team story. The Rocket and Groot tag team story would be cool. Like they could do, I could see them doing versions of these like kind of kids centric superhero movies. I think that the push has been for this kind of heavily realized, you know, story kind of and and heavily realized but story aspects and character development, and you know, very real, very dark. And I think that. It, the pendulum will swing back yeah, and it will get a little bit campy and silly and fun again. Um, I also think that, and, and last bit on the, the whole Marvel stuff, I think the justice league Warner brothers kind of did what they maybe did what they did on purpose by putting out a stranger from space comes down to earth to collect special artifacts to yeah. create the apocalypse first on purpose. Yeah, no, I mean, I was getting total uh, vibes of Infinity Gauntlet <laughs> when we were watching Justice League with the mother boxes. Like, there are three different colored boxes and stones. Like, it's the same thing. Collect the same them all, thing. and you, you collect the set, and you're ruler of the universe. So today, I don't know, Shana may be listening. She may be on the phone, but I got for So if she's listening, and she, I know she doesn't listen to the podcast, but if she's listening. Spoilers. I got, I got her. Oh, the Wonder Woman JLA figure that completes my collection. Oh, man. So I'm going to like, it's going to be super cool. And then today for Hanukkah, she gave me the vintage. So I don't know if you know this, but this is like really geeky Star Wars nerdism. When when Star Wars first came out, they, the toys were back ordered because they were selling out like crazy. Yeah. And they had no idea that they were going to make this is going to make this much money. So that when you bought, so for Christmas that year, you could buy the stand like that all the figures would go on. Yeah, but you could get <laughs> the actual guys. So Shana got me like they made like a cool set paying homage to that with oh, like cool. a Darth, with the Darth Vader and like you know and the stand and like the whole thing. So. I'm like, it's funny because today I got you something that completes one of my collections and now I start a whole new one. So I thought that that was pretty cool. And then now into other news, which I'm excited to talk about because it's funny stuff and I think I'm kind of funny. Uh, And that's Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 9 just wrapped. uh, Season 9 or 11? Season 9. 9? Just wrapped. I'm out of it. (laughs) Okay, so... You're, I know that you don't watch it, but like, there's, for me, like, 
I love Larry David, and oh, yeah. and there's a there's okay. So there's an art. There's like a a beat in Mindy Kaling's book that she wrote where she's like, you're not Larry David, like just because you're Jewish and a boy doesn't make you Larry David <laughs> and you don't do Larry David, like he's just, he's him and we watch together and like, don't be a dick. And like, she's right on that level. But I also like, I love him. Like, like I love Seinfeld so much. And like, to me, like Curb is just like a heightened level of Seinfeld in a lot of ways. Having said that, I thought that this season had like some highs and lows and like, whereas other seasons, I think really, like I thought season eight, season seven, like every single episode of those seasons is like absolute comedy gold. The uh, the uh, the exposed midriff, uh, when he comes to New York, <laughs> Michael J. Fox, yeah, uh, you know all those those re really really uh, uh, mitzvah, you know, three times you got to restart the mitzvah. Like those are great bits, <laughs> but. I'm going to start a new segment here on uh, the Long Australia's podcast. I'm hoping to continue called Highs and Lows. This Highs is just a quick, and Lows. This is just a quick way of reviewing some shit that we liked or didn't like or probably mostly liked, but, you know, had some lows. So I'm going to start with what I didn't like. Um, spoiler alert, uh, Cheryl Hines and Ted Danson. So Cheryl Hines is uh, Larry David's wife. She plays Cheryl David. Um, in this season of the show, one of the story arcs is that she's dating Ted Danson, who has divorced Mary Steenburgen. Um, I didn't like this. Um, I know that it, I don't know why they wanted to go in this direction. I guess it was because you want to have Cheryl back and you need a reason for her to be in Larry's like loom. Um, I think that there's other ways to bring her back around. And like I didn't like seeing that interaction. It made me uncomfortable. Yeah. And I know that that's like part of the show, but it really just it made me feel weird. And like the exact point, like that Ted Danson, you know, uh, the exact argument that Ted Danson and Larry David have in the show is like an argument I've had, where it's like, like you're not going to ask me if you can go out with her. Well, why should I ask you? You're divorced. You're not dating anymore. Well, you still have to ask. Like. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've had this, like, it's, not, it's different, but, like, I, I've experienced that, so it hit a little too close to home for me. Um, I thought that the yoga teacher arc was pretty lame. She wasn't really funny, and, like, she didn't add anything to uh, any of the episodes she was in. Um, the nephew arc was really funny, but I thought it was underwritten. Um, the, uh, the entire episode, thank you for your service, so this episode is... Uh, uh, oh my God. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jeff and Susie, their daughter, Sammy is getting married to a veteran. They come over, everyone's at the house and, you know, Larry David, you know, is sitting there with everyone at this dinner table, a di dinner party and everyone's going around the room saying, thank you for your service to this veteran. And then Larry refuses to do it. And the veteran leaves. <laughs> um, and then they go out and play like this game with the veteran and it's like they, they made up and like that was okay. The ending was okay. But to be totally honest, like from like what my family does, like the homeless veteran stuff, like also hit too close to home. Yeah. And like, to be totally honest, like thank you for your service is kind of like an empty gesture in a lot of ways. And like when, like to say that is like, it's nice, but like what the fuck are you doing for them? So I kind of get where Larry is coming from in that, you shouldn't feel obligated to tell veterans, thank you for your service. That's not 
the first obligation you have as an American citizen. If you feel comfortable saying that to a veteran, like please do and thank them in as many ways as you can. Help them, you know, get jobs. Help them, you know, find good weed or listen to good music or do or something. But don't just say thank you for your service just to say it. So I kind of agree with that. So I had mixed feelings about that. Yeah. So those were all the things I hated. However, there were some really hilarious things this season that I just want to mention really quick that I loved. Okay, so you got to go and watch the first season of this episode of this season because they introduced a new term that like it totally works. <laughs> so when you have someone who, like, let's say like we we do we run a business. Let's say we brought in an intern, right? Yeah, and the intern was horrible. Yeah, and like Game Brew called us up and we're like, hey, you know, we're looking for an intern. And we're like, yo, our our intern's amazing. You're gonna love her. She's so great. She's, you know, uh, or he, he's fantastic. It's gonna be perfect. And then they go over there, and then they have to deal with the burden of that person. So that's called foisted, and that was a hilarious premise, and I loved it. That whole episode was comedy, comedy gold. The le- the lesbians too was also really funny. Uh, JB Smoove Lampin. Oh my God, great. Um, the, okay, the pickle jar, there's a premise where Larry David says that it's impossible for people to resist wanting a shot to open a really tight jar of pickles. So they use it as a distraction to go (laughs) to a place. It's fantastic. Uh, this is another real one that is also great. The accidental text on purpose. (laughs) Oh my God. Fantastic. Um, then disturbance in the kitchen was really funny. It's about the you know the same line that every server gives to a table of you know unsatisfied guests of you know there's been a disturbance in the kitchen. We're waiting. We're figuring it out, but we're, we're gonna have it soon. Don't we're gonna figure it out. Don't worry. <laughs> like really funny. Um, he goes after his mail carrier. That was great. Um, I travel a lot, and one of the episodes had a uh, like five minutes on a plane about a woman who like switches seats from sitting in the center to sitting on the aisle and just she's it she's just horrible and Larry's hating it and I was screaming rolling on the floor with laughter um there's also a sequence so Larry gets hit with a fatwa because he's writing the gen, the arc of the this season which is great he had an arc which I love I love when he does that the arc of the season was that Larry had written and wants to produce a musical on Broadway called Fatwa about Salman Rushdie, who had a fatwa. Fatwa is when the Nation of Islam claims that they should murder you and kill you. It's called a fatwa. So Larry David goes to make this, and he does like a whole bit about it on Jimmy Kimmel. And then what happens? He gets hit with a fatwa, and repercussions ensue from then on. Oh, my God. Uh, It's... Listen, Lin-Manuel Miranda was fantastic, and the two of them played off each other really well. I thought that Lin-Manuel could have almost been like a new regular. Um, And then my favorite bit was the second-to-last episode, the previous homeowner of Larry's house stops by and, like, wants to come in and look around, so he says, okay. And like they're walking around and she's like critiquing all of the house horribly. And she's like this older Jewish lady. And you could tell it's like real improv because this lady is just ripping into him. 
And then he kicks her out. And then like 20 minutes later, you see her walking around the place critiquing everything. <laughs> oh my God. I, I was so great. That was absolutely my favorite. I thought the shucker was the best term. They also should have, should have said the term mother shucker. I don't know why nobody said mother shucker. I thought they would have said mother shucker a lot. They didn't say mother yeah. shucker one time. Um, anyway, those were my highs and lows on season nine. So uh, real quick question. So uh, was Lynn manuel Miranda, was he playing a version of himself or a different character? So he was playing a version of himself. Okay. Maybe. And it contains spoilers, so I don't want to okay. no, give it fine. away. And but were there other uh, highlight uh, guest stars this season? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know what? Typically for me, the guest stars on... Uh, ooh, actually there was one that was really bad. Uh, Elizabeth uh, Smart, who I usually think is really funny, um, came on and did a like a third a third act of an episode with Larry mm -hmm. and she was just she was trying to Cheryl a little too hard and it was showing and it yeah. was like it was bad um other than that I don't like the guest stars really like when you have like the big guest stars like they're usually just okay at the improv what I'm really looking for are like your Richard Lewis's your Marty Funkhauser's uh, you know, the um, your Jeff Garland scenes. I really like the supporting characters yeah. because they're, I think that's what makes like the show fun and dynamic is they're all up to different like shit all the time. Uh, and I, I like, I'm excited always to see when, you know, how Richard, what, what are they going to, what's Richard Lewis going to do? Because Richard Lewis and Larry David went to Jewish day camp together in like the 60s and like hated each other and then this <laughs> like and then just rediscovered each other oh my god it's 49 to 49% with 87% of the vote in that is just unbelievably crazy anyway they recognize each other again in 1970 and when they're like doing comedy and stuff and like became best friends so like their rapport goes back from fucking Brooklyn. Yeah. And like, and it shows, and that's why they're so fucking hilarious together. <laughs> um, you know, the guest stars, I think, kind of hit or miss. I love when Rosie comes on the show. I love, I think yeah. Rosie O'Donnell should do more Curb Your Enthusiasm because she's actually really good at it. <laughs> yeah. And she's funny on that show. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I love Curb and... I just I haven't gotten around to watching it. Like, there was one season where I think it was like maybe over a summer or or something where we were all here and we were watching it. And yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's like a full season of Curb that I've seen and I've seen like other bits and pieces through, like here and there. So everyone on the podcast, AJ's now going to give me his HBO Go subscription over the air. <laughs> uh, you, you, you wish. I'll send it to you. In a, you have. You don't have it yet? I got it. No, no. I, I always subscribe for Game of Thrones, and then I cut it off after that because I'm cheap and I don't want to pay for HBO throughout the whole year because I feel like I would not watch it. <laughs> no, you see, like, that's where you're wrong because you can – like, I watched – when Shana and I started dating, I watched all The Sopranos in about two or three months, like, when we, like, first, like, were really – I was starting to go into New Jersey more. And that was, like, a great experience because I had never watched it. Yeah. So – like, I think the best season of Curb Your Enthusiasm is probably seasons four and season seven, the producers and the Seinfeld arc, respectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But though that's just because I like Mel Brooks and the Seinfeld cast. Yeah, of course. You know, I I I want to see them playing around with Larry. You know, is there other other episodes that I love? Yeah, I fucking love the Judy doll. I think that that's a great episode. Um, and I I don't know like the uh, Officer Krupke. I've seen that Officer episode hundreds of times. I love that one. But yeah, I like this new season. He said he's going to come around for more. And the way he left it, he left it very Larry David in the same style that he did the last season of the, of the finale. And I think that that means he's down to do more if he can and wants to. Great. Do I think it's going to take as long? Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, time will tell. And yeah. uh, We are in the age of of things not going away forever, you know, things, right. Uh, a lot of, a lot of these shows kind of go on hiatuses and then they come back or they complete, you know, their finales. And then 10 years later, come back and do a second run, something yeah. like that. So, so we'll, I see. Be, well, I wouldn't be surprised if we got more of it, but hopefully by you the know, next time I will be caught up. <laughs> so let me, let me ask you, we don't have to dig down too deep. Uh, have, where are you in stranger things? Oh, um, so I think we're like halfway. Okay. Um, which did you get? Did you get to the episode with the kids yet? The show is all about kids, dude. <laughs> Got to be a little bit more specific than that. <laughs> you know, like the, where uh, uh, Eleven runs away. I think that's the that's where we finish. Like so, episode four. Yeah, you're you're coming. You're not there yet. Okay. So. Um, Okay, so I don't know if we're so I think we kind of missed the boat on talking about this. We yeah. were discussing this earlier, but just really quick, like I think that this movie kind of has Age of Ultron system syndrome in that, like we know that they want to do an Avengers movie, but it's not the Infinity War yet. So there was some character growth here, and like that's really the focus I think of this uh, season. Like Eleven's come so far, mm-hmm. Finn comes so far. Um, you, you, they all, they all go and you will, you, they all change. They grow, uh, uh, Hubbard, like they're great, but the plot I don't think is as, uh, tremendously fun as the first go around this time. Gotcha. And, and I think that may be, I mean, I think there are multiple reasons why we haven't watched it, but part of the reason I think maybe just a little bit to the, to the fact that it's like, okay, well the first one was just so compelling. We watched oh, it all so in a great. day. And yeah. like this one, I think what we did watch, we watched all pretty much at once, but it just like, it came out when we were moving and there are other shows that we're trying to keep up with that. Um, we just couldn't get back to it. And now that we're like getting towards, you know, a, a time where a lot of the other shows that we watch are like going on hiatus, I think we'll finish it up. Um, but yeah, no, I, I can see that, that there's a little bit more of like, okay, well we're back. We, what else can we do to expand this universe? And I just thought like the new characters, like, I know that this is like kind of a spoiler for you even, but like, I thought the new characters were kind of underserved Yeah, and, and that they weren't given the time that you need with these, with these guys to, to love them. Um, but yeah, I, I, let me know what you think about it when you finish it. Obviously, you know, we're all going to tune in and are excited about season three. I think it's a great little phenomenon. I hope they keep it around Halloween. I would so be down to have a Stranger Things Halloween forever. That's fine. Um, And, yeah, keep it coming, guys. Yeah. And And also, also Duffer Brothers, if you're listening, 
make a kick-ass movie under somebody else's name and then say it was you because yeah. everyone would look like, I, listen they they could make a great 90-minute horror movie and like maybe having something of the quality and depth of Stranger Things in a 90-minute movie, you know, to counterpoint the best psychological thrillers like Get Out of the last year, I think is just a natural step for them. I, I hope that they do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and another another. Did you show see Get I, Out? I, I did not see Get Out. I, um, you know, typically I'm not a horror guy. And so I kind of missed the boat on it. And, you know, after once everyone started talking about it, I was like, oh, it's supposed to be really good. And I just never got around to it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've heard great things. So. So, listen, like, I, it's it's not as scary as it is, like, uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think that, like, I saw it in a theater and I didn't see it in a really packed house um, in my neighborhood. It was just regular. You know, I think I saw it during the day. But um, this movie is fun, man, and yeah. it's it's got Jaws level scares. Like if you I remember, if you remember seeing like Jaws the first time, like it's got a little a few jumps here and there, but mm -hmm. nothing really that like terrible. And it, like and definitely on the level of Stranger Things for sure. Okay. So uh, I highly recommend going and seeing Get Out. It sucks that uh, Jordan Peele got snubbed for the Golden Globe. Yeah. I. I don't know if this movie is going to get nominated for all the Oscars, but it yeah. certainly deserves to be. Well, um, okay. So sort of Next. on that topic, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. The the Golden Globes were were just uh, the nominees were just announced, and we won't go through the list now. But you know, there there's some key things in there that I think will also be a part of the discussion once we hit Oscar uh, talk. Um, and one of those is The Shape of Water, and I actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, Megan and I saw The Shape of Water last night um, at BAM, which was really, really awesome. Um, That's so cool. Uh, and so, you know, I highly recommend this movie. It's um, very much your Beauty and the Beast kind of story. Um, it's beautifully shot. Like, it's just a very, like, the way the colors, uh, it, just from the first frame, it, it, there's just, like, this green color to everything. And it's just this aquatic nature to it that um, it goes throughout the entire film um the uh her performance um is really really stand out as is the the creature's performance which is uh done by doug jones who had worked previously with guillermo del toro and uh, i think he's also on the new star trek show and so he's he's a big um I, it's not motion capture it's a, a i guess it's more of a costume driven performance but he's he's very cool in that in that kind of way where you know you don't see his human face ever he doesn't speak um and that's not a spoiler at all but like it's just you get so much emotion out of his his body movements um and so it's just sort of, it's a really kind of a heartwarming story between those two characters but also um you know it's set in a really cool uh setting um and uh yeah i, I think it's it's definitely uh there are really some high level performances in there i think guillermo does a great job with the direction there's a lot of there's one particular scene kind of in the middle of the movie that I think anyone that listens and sees it will know what we're talking about. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be up there for, for some some of those categories. And, um, yeah, I definitely recommend going to see it. Awesome. I can't wait, man. I'm, de I'm definitely on my list. 
I, I'm excited to see that. I want to go see Lady Bird. I want to go see Darkest Hour. Mm-hmm. I have like so much homework to do. <laughs> but I have uh, that Amazon Fire Stick. So as the screeners come around, more of them kind of keep popping up on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a movie the other day that I was like one of those. Um, no, probably not. No, we watched Office uh, Christmas Party. That's pretty funny. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, kind of winding down here um i've been listening to this album lately i think you would really enjoy it um actually and i think that other people our fans listeners would also enjoy it as well got this recommendation from uh, mr danny silverberg daniel <laughs> you, you're officially on the podcast even though you don't want to do it i ask you all the time you come on the podcast you say no what the hell god damn it you gotta come on you can come on you talk about anything you want you can come on a movie review. You can come on a TV review. We can do 45 minutes talking about different Jewish names from the you nursing can, home. You can whatever play you the knee do. for 45 minutes if you want. Whatever you want to do, we got to have you on the show. And uh, please take this as a sincere offer and request. Um, he sent me this band called Giraffage, which is not a band. It's a DJ. Um, and he does this kind of like slow edge um no, 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 that's the name of the song. His name is Charlie Yin. He does this kind of R&B, hip-hop, J-pop, ambient music with uh, really great samples and just like a nice groove to it. It kind of feels like a quieter, has way fewer words and lyrics, but a quieter, sexier uh, Postal Service record. I know that that sounds stupid for, you know... I like electronic indie music and this sounds like the postal service to me, but it really does. Cause it's like, it's, it just has these kind of organic synthy noises that just remind me of that record. Um, I really like it. It comes on the vinyl in a deluxe orange, uh, vinyl pressing that is like perfect Nickelodeon couch slime orange. It's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so I've been playing this record just on repeat. It's really nice. Some of the songs I definitely recommend would be, Slowly, uh, Edge, and 19 Hours. And again, this album is called uh, Too Real from the uh, group or DJ Giraffage. So definitely check that out. Awesome, um, and I think we owe, because you know continuity is important to us, uh, a little bit of due time in the last few minutes here to the fallout from Justice League which uh, I think has been pretty substantial. And yeah. Um, so we know Aquaman's coming out. Uh, Flashpoint is being made somewhere, somehow. Mm-hmm. And we now have official news that uh, Affleck will be appearing in the Flashpoint movie uh, for his final bout uh, as the Cape Crusader as Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, hearing yeah, they that- came out with the slate... I think it was yesterday or, or something. something. And obviously we've got Wonder Woman 2. Um, uh, I think the Green Lantern Corps movie is still on there. Um, th- there are several others. Shazam um, has, is moving forward. Suicide Squad 2. Like there's a yeah. lot of these other things that are moving forward that are not Justice League. And yeah. also it's been revealed that or I think it's been confirmed that Matt Reeves is going to be recasting Batman for his uh, – Oh. New entries into the uh, franchise. I haven't heard that. Okay, so I hope they yeah, do it that's... organically, and that it's like a younger 
Batman, not a Bruce Wayne. I hope so. So I think, you know, so they've also done shakeups and that Jeff Johns isn't, isn't doing what he was doing. He's out of that inner circle of movie direction. They don't have one. They, they're not going to get one. Zack Snyder isn't up for another film. They're not going to renew his contract. Um, and they're just going to see. They're just going to kind of wait and see with Aquaman. They're going to kind of wait and see with Flashpoint. And I think with Flashpoint, you can do something really cool. And I think that it'll be a movie that we've really never seen before because with the Flashpoint, you can kind of get into the DC multiverse, which mm-hmm. Marvel doesn't have. Marvel can't have a multiverse. They have to have one. This one, we have many. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that it could be fun to see how they play um, with their with the properties that they've done and to do a Flashpoint movie. I think it really sucks that we didn't get and probably will never get the Justice League movie and story that we really deserve. And I think that that's really sad. And uh, I yeah. think maybe in 20 to 30 years um after after marvel is like done when they're done making new stuff you know dc maybe can try again and maybe they'll you know i don't know how they're gonna do it because you know in to my mind like this is my justice league and like we have to live we have to live with it regardless of what happens but for you like you have this tv universe yeah that you love yeah absolutely love it and just like a, a quick note there on the the movie Justice League, like the we got this movie and that may be like the only time we see that team as it stands, right? Like that. Whereas like in on the Avengers side of things, like we at least had some continuity with many characters from movie to movie, expanding of the team. But you know, the next time we see a Justice League movie, if we ever get it, Ben Affleck's Batman may be out. We may have other shakeups that we don't know about now. But I digress, uh, because we just had a huge moment on uh, on TV, and I, it's it's been really exciting. Um, I was been was playing catch up for a little while because one of the things that's really hard and I'm sure really daunting about uh, the Arrowverse on the CW is that there are four shows and soon to be five, um, and that all connect in some way and they all pretty much have 22 episode seasons. And so once you start to get behind, it's really hard. And so we wanted to make sure that we, we stayed up to date, even if we had like five episodes of a show at a time to, to get back to. And it's been fun because my dad's been catching up while I've been here too. He's working on arrow. Um, but we just experienced a four show crossover, uh, between Supergirl, Arrow, The Flash, and uh, Legends of Tomorrow, and they did the Crisis on Earth X uh, story, and mm-hmm. it was um, it was huge in some ways, but also very small in some ways. Um, it, and I think it was really interesting that it, it came out pretty much, I'd say maybe two weeks after Justice League dropped. Um, I mean, obviously, Justice League is still playing in theaters, so anyone that's, um, you know, maybe didn't watch the movie right away and maybe were watching the show, like, there's there are clear comparisons there um, on TV and in the film. Um, it, was a, it was a really fun uh, crossover. I think they did a better job this year than they did last year, where it was um, three-show crossover. Um, this had a lot more um, 
engaged with the story and they they brought Supergirl in more of a natural way and they had um, a lot of those key team members like my, my only gripe is that the threat never felt necessarily as high as it could have I mean so basically the premise of Earth X is that it's a a, a Nazi uh, uh-huh. owned world where uh, Hitler never lost and Basically, he rose to power and uh, Nazis ruled the entire Earth. And now there are evil doppelganger versions of all the characters from the the Arrowverse. And they have their reason for why they want to invade. And uh, so, like, basically what ends up happening is they, the team, the, the various teams from each show are never all at once together until, like, the very end. And that's, like... A, it's awesome. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's amazing it's amazing like to see it on screen like it, the and the, the effects on some of it is fantastic like it felt like civil war level like because arguably there were more characters than like civil war not that they're fighting each other but like just to see that many like, characters on screen like a big comic splash page which is so cool um but it's like you the main reason to get them all together was to to win right and like it never felt like the stakes were quite high enough, but there were like so many amazing character moments. And like, I laughed, I cried. I, uh, I was like jumping out of my seat with like excitement because it, it, it was like, there, I've been spent spending so much time with some of these characters over the past four years. Like we're in season six of arrow and season four of flash, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like hours and hours of my life I've dedicated to some of these characters and to see the direction that they've taken with a lot of them, um was you know and it all tied together nicely it wasn't just like another season finale for one show you know all these characters live in the same universe and they affect each other and um Mm -hmm. it's i i highly recommend it i mean i think i would say it is kind of hard to to jump in and not really know what's going on um you know i i was like i was saying my dad's been watching so i've been kind of like coaching him like so you should watch this and then maybe this and then you can kind of get what uh what you want out of this this crossover um so i think you know for you and for some of our other listeners it would be hard to just be like oh yeah watch the four episode uh crisis arc and you know you'll love it i mean you might you know uh that that may be good enough for you um and but you may also get like be completely lost and out of context for one of the things that are happening but i think there is a self-contained story there um it's really interesting that you know it happened at the same time as Justice League. Um, you've got, you know, a, a different dynamic. You don't necessarily have, like, one team leader and that whole business. But there's a huge threat that they all have to kind of come together for. And, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I still have to watch the mid-season finales for, for those shows. But, um, yeah, I, I'm glad that I, I got caught up. And, it, it, you know, it's, it's something that I'm going to continue watching. And, you know, each show has its strengths and weaknesses throughout you know the seasons but i think this was a, a very much a high point for all of them i agree man and that, and that sounds awesome I, I know i gotta do that stuff it's like to me like it, people were like yo you gotta watch arrow yo arrow is tight dude it's yeah. great it's really good and then i'm like yeah i know i know i know and then they're like yo the flash is awesome <laughs> and i'm like what the flash is great and they're like dude the flash is it's flash is better than arrow you gotta watch the Flash, and then Supergirl comes out, and like I'm excited about Supergirl because I like Supergirl, and I'm like, oh, that would be kind of a cool show. She's a, it's an interesting way to do Superman in, in today's world. You don't have to do, you know, Superman. You do Supergirl. Who gives a shit? 
And the fact that Kevin Smith like goes in and directs some of these yeah. episodes, like that's fucking awesome. Like I fucking want to watch Supergirl. And then they're like, Legends of Tomorrow has the Atom. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm Fire sold Storm. on that. And 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 you like last season they had the Legion of Doom. Like they had the Legion of Doom. Like they like it's just nuts to me. So like at this point it's just it's so much. It is. It's just like I don't know how to how to even crack in. I got to figure that out because yeah. people lo- people love these shows, and yeah. I think that listen, if this is where the the DC comic characters thrive on television in episodic problems then that's just what they got to do. Man, it, and it lines up with comics that way. You know, you have that that sense of, like, flipping the page and onto the next story arc, you know? Right, and and it could, and within the, the realm of a TV show, like, they've already proved that they can do this kind of crossover stuff. And then, you know, to me, it just feels like maybe... Maybe they're maybe I've been focusing on the wrong thing. Maybe I should have been watching more of the TV shows and we should be celebrating the TV shows more and playing our will for great movies that may not be able to happen at this point. Right. Let it go. Like like the the cool thing is the Aquaman movie is kind of done. Like that's a done deal, I think. We're definitely gonna get that. Yeah. So that'll be nice. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's just like crazy. It continues to surprise me. There was a name dropping of Bruce Wayne a couple episodes back. They they showed the mascara a couple episodes back. Like this, it's continuing to expand. There were teases for Green Lantern a few seasons ago. If it if it can you know continue the traction, th- there's no saying where it will go. Um, maybe some of these original shows end and it it kind of bleeds into new series or something like that. I think that may be the best case scenario because after you know six seasons of arrow how many more can they really do and like and that's not anything against the show because it's done some really great things but you know it may be the time for other characters in the dc universe to shine and you know they employ the 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 multiverse in there and so why can't they connect it to in some crazy way to the films and be like oh yeah they're on earth like 42 or whatever it may be like oh that but that's totally within the realm of their possibility yeah. they i think i think that they i wish that there was a, a feige there cuz a feige could say let's do the let's do a multiverse yeah. cuz to me that seems like the only way that dc could ever try to one up marvel at this point yeah like Marvel is never like you know until we hear about what they're gonna do with Fox and like we it's kind of a done deal like you know but we don't know and we and we're not gonna and we're gonna wait until Kevin Feige tells us mm-hmm. and even if he just were to tell even if even if the image they put up on all their marketing was just like Phase Four with like the Avengers A and then the Fantastic Four Four like. People would shit their pants. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't think there's anything this guy can't do. And like to me, like there's nobody. Like I've aspired to be a lot of people in my life. <laughs> Biggie, Biggie Smalls, Indiana Jones, uh, Doctor Eric Klein, John Lennon, Kurt Cobain. You know, tons of different people. Ridley Scott, uh, Jack Kerouac, all these different people. But like, I look at Kevin Feige and I'm like, this is a fucking amazing genius person and the fact that he's like in this endeavor doing this thing like 
you know, to start kind of where we, to bring it back to where we all started off, like the fact that he had the forethought to say in like 2005, like, dude, like if we can, if we can just make this good and make this believable and fun, we can do the craziest shit that anybody's ever seen, but we have to do it in the right way. Yeah. And, and like, he, like, he's, he's better in some ways. And like, well, no, he's not better in some ways. Like Stanley created it. So Stanley is, is the best at, at like understanding where all this stuff comes from. Also, sure. he's, you don't have uh, great Marvel comics without Jack Kirby drawing it. So like, you don't have, you need both. Like you need to have uh, the effects people that they have access to right. and the mocap and all that shit. Like it, it's just crazy. And, and I'm glad that we get to have this time. You know, somebody earlier tonight was like, Oh, what's your podcast about? I'm like, really? It's just scheduled time for me and my friend to hang out and talk <laughs> 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 about stuff we'd already be talking about, but yeah. things we need to just kind of, kind of get out there. And I appreciate your time. And, uh, this was great. Um, Let's wrap it all up here. Uh, as always, uh, you can check us out at www.longlostheroes.net. You can email us, ask us questions. Nobody asks us a fucking thing. At info <laughs> at longlostheroes.net. You could tweet us, find us on Facebook and Instagram at LLH Podcast. That will pull up all of our stuff. Uh you know, and feel please go ahead and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button on your uh, podcast app if you made it this far. Um, it's super important to us that leave you leave us a review if you can. Leave us a review. Tell us what you think. You know, uh, we uh, you know we'll talk about you on the show. Ask questions. Come up with topics. Um, I think for me, I'm really excited to review the Last Jedi and have that be the last episode of the year. Yeah, I'm really excited that we did 26 episodes. In the year 2017, Frank, that means we did one every two weeks. That's crazy, <laughs> so, man. So it, it, may, it may not seem like it at times, but we kind of did it. So we, so I think it's kind of cool to step back here and say, like, fuck, man, we did this thing. Yeah. Um, you know, there had been iterations of, you know, kind of all different versions of this. But, you know, I'm really digging this one and glad to be a part of it with you. So yeah, man. thank you all. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. I'm sure I'll say that again in the Star Wars Last Jedi episode, but if you wait to listen to that till you see it, and you're not going to see it till after Christmas again, <laughs> happy holidays, yeah. happy Annika, Merry Christmas. Frank, take us out, babe. May the Force be with you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>